Yo, good evening. Welcome to another installment of the Patriarch Podcast with my boys, Henry, Mark, and Chris. What's up, fellas? What up, yo, yo, yo. How y'all feeling? Where we at? We good. It's, it's summertime, man. We out here. No, man. We recording late tonight. It's past my bedtime. <laughs> it is late. It's but it's summertime. Yeah, it's still past my bedtime. I don't care nothing about it being summer. <laughs> Yo, so so we get we got a cool topic tonight, um, and, and I'm I'm gonna pop it off right here. So like, as a leader of the tribe, you know, as a leader of your family, your kids, uh, the patriarch, right? Um, we gotta provide, right? That's our that's mm-hmm. our. Our calling is men to be providers. And uh, most desire to just provide more than, than what we had as kids, right? And so um, with that in mind, fellas, um, what are you thinking about in terms of financial, um, financial literacy for your family, for your kids? Um, how, how has that been instructed to you um, what does that mean to you now? And what does it mean for what you want in the future? Right? Um, so, Henry, I'm going to kick it to you, man. What yeah, you got? Bring it on over here. Financial literacy? Yes, sir. Like, like growing up? How do you define that? Was trash. Uh, so, the, my definition of financial literacy is understanding, you know, how to how to make your money, spend your money, and then the ways to make the money do its thing. Um, I mean, or, I mean, we can go even rudimentary, right? Like, how much money should I be saving? Do I need a 401k? Do I need it to invest? Like, all those things, like, uh, that's what I would define financial literacy as. Uh, and, And I think, you know, our education system has personally has failed us right like a lot of these things when it comes to financial literacy I I haven't personally picked up until I became an adult and I feel like like we need financial literacy as like a an elementary level and in high school it should be you know up there with instead of economics it should be financial literacy um but that's just my my take on it let let me ask you this uh we'll, we'll start with this question then um uh, what have you done to increase your financial literacy or awareness about money? Uh, so for me, it started with reading, right? So I picked up um, a couple of books. One that really like struck a nerve with me was the uh, uh, Rich Dad, Poor Dad. Um, and if you've not yeah, read the Rich Dad, Poor Dad book, um, essentially there's a guy growing up He has his dad, who he refers to as the poor dad. Um, And it's all mindset. It's not really that his dad was poor. It's more so his dad thinks in this poor dad mindset. And then he has his friend who has a father as well, um, who thinks in this rich dad mindset. And so he's being raised with this dichotomy of like two different fathers um, and and how he's like navigating those. Uh, And I mean, he was just dropping some gems in the book and it made me start thinking about things like, very very different right because like we're raised to think that like we should have a savings account 
Like that's the first thing you're taught. Like, oh, you you, you got a savings account. You should be putting all your money in the savings account. Uh, but now that I'm getting older, I'm realizing like, well, what is that money doing? I'm earning maybe one percent, which isn't keeping up with inflation. Right. <laughs> right. So like, after the year is up, that money actually is worth less if I let it just sit there in my savings account. Yeah. Mark, what about you, man? What have you done to uh, increase your awareness about finances? I mean, same thing, man. You know, doing a little bit of research here and there and just learning, like H said, like those differences between like savings and 401ks and IRA Roth accounts and stuff like that. And I'm still learning, right? Because once again, they don't teach us that, you know. Um, I disagree. We need to learn economics. That's one thing. I think I feel like they should learn a little bit more economics because people are really ignorant when it comes to politics. <laughs> but all those calculus classes, we don't need those. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I didn't even make it that far, but okay. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's all right, man. You know, we're not judging the classes. <laughs> in high school. But, um, you know, uh, we, we definitely need some financial literacy classes some tax classes, you know, just as a business owner, you know, um, you know, there's so many ways to like cheat the system and like write stuff off and get ahead that they don't, you know, you almost got to just like study the stuff, your, your stuff yourself just to figure it all out. Like there's no like rule book to it yeah. in a sense. You know what I'm saying? So it's hard to get ahead when you don't know the rules. You know, you just try to do stuff the right way. No, the smartest people, the smartest business people don't do anything the right way. And that's how, like, you learn, like, how they actually got ahead. It was like, oh, they just, that's why they spent the way they spent. That's why they did things the way they did it, just to get ahead. And, you know, that, now I understand the true meaning, like, of this is business, not personal. Mm-hmm. because you can screw some people over by doing business a certain way to get ahead. All right, that's certainly true, man. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. so uh, Henry, kind of back to that uh, uh, Rich Dad, Poor Dad book, man. Yeah, so I, and I probably read it or, or listen to it on audio book probably once a year um, just to for me it was like excitement right mm-hmm. <laughs> it was exciting mm-hmm. um but like one of the things that i always think about from that book and one of the concepts is um uh you know just your mindset about money and how and instead not asking can i afford this asking how can you you know afford mm-hmm. this mm-hmm. or um and, and so that that just kind of creates a different way of thinking about you know how you use your money or what you use your money for um and then you know a lot of it is just uh, like both you said just trying to read and educate my own self on you know various different topics mark you brought up economics and i think uh sometimes we you know in the black community we kind of have this narrow view of economics just being what we see on a day-to-day basis here in our own homes or uh, just here in America, not realizing it's a whole global economy that 
Absolutely. really can affect things on, on so many different levels. And so, um, yeah, man, it's, I, I, I've just been doing a lot of uh, reading and I'm, I'm beyond, not, not much reading. I do, I do a lot of audio books. Oh yeah. <laughs> I start picking a page up, man. I might, I'm going to be, I'm going to be asleep. Oh yeah. I, I can't do it, but <laughs> uh, yeah. So I, I think those are just, man, it's just some of the key ways and, you know, you got a cell phone or something like that, man. It's really, unfortunately, we, we don't, it's not taught like that in school, like we would want it to, but, you know, there's still tons of different resources out here, um, you know, that, that are at our fingertips too, that can help, help us as families with our young kids. I, I saw, um, I can't remember the name of this game, but it was just a little financial kind of game that, uh, I mean, I'm not talking about Monopoly, but <laughs> uh, that was probably like the the one that most people think of. But uh, just just some little games about, you know, how you how you manage money, uh, you know, and, and things of that sort. What are what are some? Um, I guess you know you, you talked about you know find uh, how you're going to educate yourself. Um, now that you were like picking up those kinds of tools and stuff, how do you plan to pass that down to your kids? Like, what do you want to teach your kids about money and finances? Man, Mark, what I'll you tell you what. You got, you got, you almost got some teenagers, man. Yeah. So they, they like spending money like, like it's going <laughs> out of style. <laughs> Listen, man, my son, he watches way too much YouTube and, uh, uh, he always talking about some merch. Yeah, <laughs> <He's a hustler. laughs> yeah but and so it's one of those things, right? Like, you know, we grew up hustlers. You know what I'm saying? We grew up, you know. Cutting the grass, raking grass, grass, shoveling snow, all that. <laughs> all of that. You know what I'm saying? Matter of fact, Ace, that was our first business together was cutting grass. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? It was to the point to where, you know, I was making more money cutting grass in a weekend than I was making a whole summer at McDonald's. <laughs> and, you know, my kids, they don't quite have that hustle in them now, right? Because times are different. And some of it, I, I totally believe is accredited to me to why they don't have that hustle because they live nice. You mm -hmm. know what I'm saying? Like they, they don't have that hunger that we had. Mm -hmm. Like we, we, we came from the hood of the hood. We came from the bottom. We had the <laughs> shaky stuff on the bottom of our feet. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. We know what it's like to miss a meal and all that type of stuff. And my kids, they just didn't have that hunger. You know what I'm saying? They, they think I'm rich, unfortunately. <laughs> You know, and it's because like they, you know, because I work in the industry, in the media industry, you know, they've been around celebrities, they've seen celebrities, they've been in celebrities' houses. You know, they didn't travel, they travel more now at this age than I did probably the first 23 years of my life. Man, mm -hmm. all, all my kids have been on an airplane and none of them are older than six. Mm -hmm. I've been like multiple times. I ain't flying my first airplane until I was probably maybe like, 16, 17. <laughs> yep, exactly. Bro, I was I was like 21. <laughs> my first plane ride. You know what I'm saying? Anywhere we went, we rode the Greyhound. Greyhound, baby. Oh yeah. <laughs> you know that was that was the only mode of transportation I knew. Yeah. Yeah, I mean we talked about that. Yeah. Oh yeah, we did. We did. <laughs> yeah. 
And so, like, you know, like I said, man, my kids, they grew up different. You know what I'm saying? Like, I, I was doing Disney Award shows, and I'm calling, maybe talking to their favorite Disney star. So, you know what I'm saying? On FaceTime, you know, we going to retire NFL play. You know, we went over Herman Morehouse one time because I was working for him, you know, running back or former wide receiver at the Detroit Lions. And my son don't know who he is. And he just like, hey, man, I'm hungry. Maybe a peanut butter and jelly sandwich. Disrespectful. Right. <laughs> and so, you know, they, they grow up, they're growing up different than what I grew up. So they don't have that same hunger. They just think like, oh, something's supposed to appear out of nowhere and they don't have to do anything for it. So as much as he has like those merch ideas, it's really hard to get them to sit down and work it out. You know what I'm saying? And so they think everything is instantaneous, like most kids do, um, you know, watching YouTube and stuff like that. And so, you know, I'm having to rewire the way they think and instill some hustle in them. Like, yo, if you want yeah. this, you got to work. You got to do this. And because, you know, I can do all of those things because I'm a graphic designer and web designer, they were like, nah, daddy, here you go. We got this idea. Just do it. I'm like, nah, man, y'all, I got to sit down with me. You know, your time is your money and they don't, they don't get that stuff yet. Yeah. So okay. it's, it's a whole process, but, uh, you know, what I have tried to do though, is like work with other family members and, you know, build generational wealth. Like I bought my mom a house. And so, you know, she has her house, but now she has a rental property mm-hmm. and, you know, teaching her how to, or was trying to teach her how to run it and all that stuff and fix it up. And so, you know, that's, that's something I have done already. Yes. So that's, that's off my list, you know, bought mom's a crib. I ain't got to do nothing else. Really? <laughs> H, what you got, man? What you, what you, how do you plan to, to teach your kid, little Charlie, about uh, money? <laughs> man, I think the, like, I agree with you, Mark, like the hustle for, for kids or the generation coming behind us is different. Uh, but that's what it is. It's like the hustle is different, right? Like they don't have to cut the grass like we had to or shovel snow like we had to um so that it just needs to be channeled in a different way right like I right. think the hustle is more so like I think hustle and being resourceful are synonymous right like me being a hustler when I was younger has turned into me being resourceful as an adult um and me able to like utilize my resources um so when I you know like when I think about things that I've learned now Charlie can stand on the back of those things right on that foundation and I can say like look you ain't got to start from the beginning and learn all these things I've gone through those experiences um here let me put you on game about this right like mm-hmm. I'm, I'm even thinking about like college right like us growing up like it was a clear path it was like all right you graduate high school you go to college you work in a plant <laughs> You get you a job at GM, you set for life, right? Like, that's yeah. not true anymore. That's not that's not how it is. Um, or you become a doctor or a lawyer or this or, or a basketball rare. star, right? Now I'm, I'm of the mindset, like, look, if she told me she didn't want to go to college, then let's get a trade, right? Let's, let's, let's figure out some other type of skill that you can develop that's going to make you money. Because having a trade, like, is lucrative, more so lucrative than... I would say having a college degree. Um, so just thinking her, like teaching her basic concepts uh, like that, getting her into investment or investing like early on 
because uh, like even with this whole idea of of wealth right like again growing up we're like i want to be rich i want to be wealthy but we don't really define what that means and so like we have this pipe dream that we never even reach and what that book uh taught me was that like you got to define wealth like what does wealth mean to you and for me mm-hmm. wealth is being able to have income that's generated so that all of my basic necessities are paid for so that I have the freedom to do whatever I want with my time. That doesn't mean that it's a million dollars or it's $2 million. It just means that I need to calculate what my expenses are and make sure that they're paid for by the money that's being invested so that I can live and do whatever I want. Like for me, that's wealthy. Um, And that's my goal. And that's what I want to teach. Charlie. That's real, man. Right. And y'all, y'all hit on some, y'all hit on some dope, dope uh, concepts. Uh, I think for me, uh, I want it. So uh, when we talk about like financial goals, like I want to spend more time with like my kids and I want to spend more time doing other things that I enjoy, other things that bring me happiness. And the way to do that is being financially independent. Right. Um, and, and so, you know, so I've been on just the whole journey of how to get to that point, uh, exploring really all kinds of different things. Um, I think <laughs> uh, probably some of the best lessons I've gotten from, from my uncle Aristotle, man, like this dude is, you, you talk about hustler, man, like <laughs> dude taught himself the game on pretty much anything you can think of. Um, and he's like a multi-business owner and like that. So, he, I mean, he, he has, um, he has a lawn care business. He went to school to cut, you know, the barber college and now he has three barber shops and, you know what I'm saying? And some other things he's working on that, that him and I uh, discussed and stuff like that. So, um, man, there. <laughs> If you got those resources and connections, you know what I'm saying? You talk about being resourceful, you know, leverage those connections, man. Those, those things make a difference. Um, but what I think, I, how I think to uh, ensure that I'm teaching my kids is when I was growing up, it's no, you know, slight to my parents or anything like that, but um, <laughs> y'all probably been in a, in a car or whatever with your folks and, um you know, Ryan, you see them golden arches. Hey, Ma, can you stop at McDonald's? You got McDonald's money. Got money. Right. <laughs> exactly. But man, like that could have been, that could have been, that could have been so much more transformational had they maybe followed up with a little bit more to that. Like, okay, how are you going to get some McDonald's money? <laughs> Instead of we got McDonald's at home or something like that. But um, I mean, that, those, those are some different ideas. Probably teach you a little bit more about self-control, maybe some different different things like that. But right. um, I mean, that, that's the big that's a big part of uh, being a good steward too of your finances, man. Is, is having some self-control and discipline. So I, I think some of those things. Um, but again, just that that thought process of how can I make my money work to earn more money. And that translates into having uh, assets over liabilities. Mm-hmm. You guys probably seen those uh, t-shirts from uh, uh, the guys over at Earn Your Leisure. 
um, mm -hmm. assets over liabilities. So just having a conversation and um, more more language in our household about money and different principles of money. And my daughter asks me all the time, uh, she's six, um, why well, I'm always at, at uh, you know, such and such house or something. Like, well, cause I, I, I'm a landlord. So <laughs> we gotta go over here and, and make sure this place is straight so that we can continue to bring in money and stuff like that. Um, and, and then, you know, bringing them along with me on the journey too. Um, you know, so, so they're getting some hands-on experience and those kinds of things. Um, I ran a lawn care business, just kind of trying something out. Um, I learned a lot. <laughs> uh, so, so that was cool. So it's just different, different things, man, but mostly just bringing that language into our household. You know what? That was one of the biggest lessons that I learned, um, with, um, you know, showing my kids, right? because I used to always plan photo shoots and shoot commercials when I didn't have them, right? Because I have joint legal custody and all of that stuff. So I would plan on the weeks I didn't have them. And then as, as they got older, they were like, daddy, what you be doing? And they had at one, you know, they had no idea what I was doing or I'll be editing and like, what is that? And so once I started taking on the shoots and they were like, oh, this is what you do. Like, oh, you actually kind of cool. <laughs> and so you actually kind of right like like my kids had no idea that i ever worked in the radio yeah like oh wouldn't it be, like we were riding a car one day like oh wouldn't it be cool if you were on the radio i'm like why you and i had to, like i was confused i'm like when we go places and people always stop and say hi to me like why do you think they know me he's like <laughs> i don't know i just think you just know a lot of people I said, sons, because I worked in radio. Yeah. And so I ended up having to like give them like I still have my radio station stuff. So I gave him like my radio station ba old badge that had like my face on. He was like, I don't even know you, Dad. Who is mine? Who is mine? <laughs> and so, but you know, they've learned, you know, a little bit more to hustle. They understood a lot more once I started taking them with me. You know, I thought it was a hindrance at first, like to bring them with me, whatever. But now when I bring them with me, they're like my little assistants. And so now they're learning the game directly from me. And I'm teaching them because like now they, they see the work ethic. And what's crazy about all of that is that like money has been so like it's such a taboo topic, right? Like especially within our community and you see other communities where it's like uh, like everybody's in agreement um, and they work together to like build wealth and to grow wealth where in a lot of our cultures it's kind of like doggy dog it's like i mean they doing it over there we're gonna do it better than them as opposed to they doing it over there maybe we should collaborate with them so that we can yeah. all do it better um and what i what i you know what another thing that's like motivated me or pushes me um in this whole realm of investing and like financial literacy is our group right like you know we we got our little side side chat. We always talking about the stocks and, you know, educating each other, putting each other up on game. Um, and that's motivating to, to me. Right. Like because, you know, I look and I'm like, oh, Chris over here buying houses and stuff. I need to step my game up. And it's not more of a competition. It's more so like I want to make sure I'm on the same level as my brothers. Um, and I think that community that we are are 
have created or cultivated in our brotherhood, I think that is also helping me move the ball forward. Absolutely. Yeah. Cool, man. Um, what, what are, um, trying to figure out how to phrase this question, man. <laughs> um, what, what are some things that you wished uh, you would have learned earlier about finances that you know now? Oh, that's a good question. I think, I think for me, with being an entrepreneur, I think I would have wished, wish I learned early on like how much people make doing certain things. Hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like, what's your price? You know, people don't talk about, like Henry said, like people don't talk about how much you get paid. And it's so easy for like new people to get into the industry and get shortchanged on doing certain things. You know what I'm saying? Like, I remember starting off doing like $25 photo shoots. <laughs> and, you know, people tell me like, you need to raise your prices. Like, <laughs> you're doing just as good as such and such. And they charge them like, both times more. Yeah, yeah. You know what I'm saying? And then there's like a difference between like local prices and then like industry prices. Like it's a huge difference. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, like I've done, like I said, $25 photo shoots. Then I've done like $10,000 photo shoots. And so it's a, it's a huge gap. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like I've done like big group photo shoots worth that type of money yeah yeah man I, I think what you're hitting on man is probably a little bit of um a little bit of like figuring thinking about like you having to pay your dues but then the other side of the coin is just knowing the market doing a market research and knowing what, what those, it, those are. It, a lot of times there was no way to to even like search the market like doing the research and and knowing because so many people don't talk about that type of stuff. You know what I'm saying? Um, yeah. But even still though, like even if you, no matter if you knew or not, you still were supposed to have like a set price, right? That's like not too oh, yeah. cheap. And then you mess up the market. Like they was yeah. like, hey bro. Like I had a few photographers put me aside like, hey bro, you mess up. Man, I'm gonna just go ahead and tell you bro. So you can raise the price. <laughs> <up>. so, Money. <laughs> hey, that's real. That's real. You start uh, diluting the market. <laughs> but now what's crazy is like i got a whole bunch of up-and-coming photographers now that's in the city that's doing stuff for dirt cheap not end up having to be the og but like yo like don't don't do that again like don't do that for this price like you worth more than that i think a part of that man is uh kind of what you're saying man if it was the other way around like so one of the things i did when uh deciding on like uh, prices for rent and stuff like that for a couple of homes I have. I just call like other landlords, like, you know, what, uh, thinking about renting, what do you got in this area or such and such? Like, what, what's your rent? So after doing that, just kind of getting an idea of what was out there. I know it's a little bit different than, um, yeah. you know, uh, some, something that you're doing like photography and stuff like that. Uh, but like, even it, I would encourage like new people doing that like you know ask can you work with somebody like get you a mentor like that yeah. that's an underrated thing man having a mm -hmm. mentor mm -hmm. Henry man what you what you got 
Nah, man, to, to speak a little bit on that, and then I got mine. I just think, like, for me, it's always me underestimating, underestimating my true value, right? Like, yeah. I'd be afraid that, like, man, if I price this too high, ain't nobody going to buy it. Uh, when, in reality, maybe that's not my market. Like, maybe the people who who want this lower price point aren't the people that I'm marketing for anyway, right? Um, so, so for me, it's kind of getting in that mindset of, like, Price this at a number that you that is that represents the effort, the time, and the quality that you're putting into whatever the product is, and then you know it's it's gonna sell if it's just one or two people, and then that'll you know that'll do its thing, and you play with the numbers or whatever. But I something think, that oh go ahead sorry. I was going to say I think that's I just want to piggyback off that real quick. I think that's one of the biggest lessons I've ever learned. Um, and especially in the last three years is don't devalue yourself. Right. Because that messes with your peace mm-hmm. and your happiness. Mm-hmm. Because when I realized that I was devaluing myself and I wasn't, you know, setting my price correctly, I was so unhappy. Even with creating the projects, like my heart just wasn't in it. And once I stopped marketing to those certain people and I just went high and start doing more corporate stuff yo the happiness that i have with completing projects and like just being invested into it creatively it just shot through the roof and so that's that's spot on age because a higher price point give you a better quality client right because like if you if you're working with somebody who's trying to get a lower number they penny pinching right they hitting you up (laughs) and and they you know they own you like uh why not you pay me $25 for this service. Like, come on, you're going right, to get right. this stuff. Whereas you got somebody who dropping money, hundreds, thousands of dollars, like they're they not even hitting you up every day. They're like, look, you gave, I gave you a deadline. I know it's going to be done by then because I paid you the <laughs> amount when it's right. going to do it, right? Facts. But, yeah, but, but something that I, uh, that I wish I learned a lot younger um, that I took for granted was uh the power of credit um because you know very very young our credit can get messed up at, either by us or oh, you know oh, sometimes by <laughs> by our parents um yeah but credit is such an important thing to have i mean because it just it just opens up so many doors for you when when we start talking about this whole investment thing right like if i'm trying to buy a house that percentage rate that I'm gonna get is based on my credit, and that's extra money coming out of my pocket that I could have invested somewhere else. Um, yeah. And so I've worked very, very meticulously over the years to get my credit to a point where it's actually considered good. Um, and even learning the whole credit game and what that means, right? Like, what's a good score? What's a bad score? What's the different credit uh, bureaus? Should I get a credit card? What what credit card should I get? Mm-hmm. Like that whole game of like, how did I, how do I build or establish credit? Like, I mean, all of that. I wish like somebody would have told me at like 17, like, hey, don't get that credit card and max that credit card out <laughs> and let it go into default. Like you about to ruin it. It's going to take years to build that back up. Um, so, yeah. Yeah, man. I, that, that was one of the things I learned in college, man. So, I, I just had like, I was just applying for credit cards just because they said, do that. <laughs> <laughs> I ain't really had no guidance on it. Like, 
I was like, oh, you know, I got this little Macy's car. I like cologne. Sure. Get a little Macy's car. I think it was like a $300 limit or something like that. And I mean, usually the rule of thumb is like keeping a utilization on a credit card under 30%. Uh, some say even like 10%. So like that, <laughs> that, um, what was I saying? That, uh, <laughs> Just that whole process, man, was, was crazy, man, for, for me uh, in that time. And I was like, I mean, I, yeah, I learned a lot, for sure. Um, that's another show for another period. But <laughs> um, so the thing that I wish I, I would have thought about or grasped onto much earlier is the idea of trading, trading time for money. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, <laughs> do you got to show up in order to, to make the money? And I'd rather not show up and be able to make the money. <laughs> right. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, I'm, I'm going to keep it real, man. I'd rather, you know, stay in the bed and, and make the money. <laughs> um, but I, I think that's that's just the whole concept of it all, man. And thinking about, you know, what your talents are and what your what your weaknesses are and being able to really use that to your advantage um so th those are those that's just probably the simplest simplest way of explaining that but uh that that's certainly what i i wish i would have got uh along with the credit stuff too mm -hmm. got a grasp of a lot sooner that's dope fellas that's dope so what i guess let's end it on this um so what's the, what's our next moves? How are we creating generational wealth? Uh, man, so I, I've been um, doing some more, you know, just reading other podcasts. I really like uh, Earn Your Leisure for a lot of, um, you know, things related to finances and, and just other ideas that's out there. Man, trucking. Trucking is huge and we see trucks on the road all the time. You order stuff, <laughs> you get stuff delivered to your house. It has to get there some way and mm -hmm. people have to pay to get. So I'm, I'm really looking into uh, what, what the trucking industry is all about. Um, so, you know, generational wealth uh, on this whole landlord journey. <laughs> Um, I'm still doing that, uh, still, you know, building up credit. Oh, the other, other thing is, you know, when you can adding your kids to like your trade lines or credit cards or whatever that are in good standing and have a good history. Yes. Yes. <laughs> right. Yes. <laughs> um, so that they can help build up credit too. Mm -hmm. Mark, what you got, sir? Oh yeah. My, mine are very, very similar, you know, um, and this next year, I'll be taking my, my dive into real estate as well. And then I actually started looking into, um, you know, adding my kids to my trade line as well for my credit cards. Mm -hmm. And even more importantly, too, and it's kind of a bit morbid, but, you know, real, like having life insurance. Yeah, I was about to big you up for that because that's, yeah. that's an adult move right there. Yeah, because so, yeah, so just to 
give everybody what we were talking about. Like I hit up H and I put him in charge of my, my state. And like, people don't think about that, like that important, you know what I'm saying? So like I put a policy on myself. Um, I got a policy on my mom. Cause when people pass away, you scramble to figure out how to make arrangements and stuff like that. But yeah. if you have policies, it pays for itself. And then it gives you like that, uh, you know, financial leverage to just take care of business, mm-hmm. you know, any bills. And it's just being responsible. It takes the burden off, man. Like Absolutely. Yeah. And I don't want my kids or even their mom to struggle when I go. You know what I'm saying? I want to make sure that all my ducks are in a row. And, um, you know, even though I haven't been doing the photography for a long time, like, what just with this last move that I made, I got like fifty thousand dollars in equipment. Like I gotta mm-hmm. figure out like where that stuff going. Right. You know what I'm saying? I gotta make sure like my kids are gonna take that and it just doesn't get thrown out or other family members, you know how don't see the value. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it doesn't mm-hmm. lose its value and people be like, oh, I'm gonna take this. Like, nah, this is going to my son, because this is what he loves to do. My kids can build their business moving forward with all of my stuff. You know what I'm saying? So just uh, financial responsibility. Man, big ups to you, man, because that's such a big move and it's so underrated. Like I saw somebody post uh, and they got so much fire for this on on Facebook, but they said uh, a GoFundMe is not an excuse for uh, not having uh, life insurance. And I felt... I felt that like deeply. I'm like, yeah, like, come on, man. Like it, like if you get life insurance in time, like life insurance is dirt cheap to get like a cheap policy that will at minimum cover the, the necessities you need for just a funeral alone, not, I mean, not even anything else. You can get like a hundred thousand dollar policy for like five dollars a month. I'm talking I'm talking about you can get a ten thousand dollar policy for like a couple dollars a month, and ten thousand dollars will cover. The funeral uh and and like going on with that like another thing is like like we need to start having those conversations with 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 the people to like make sure we understand what they want when that happens right because like like i went through this with my pops where like i was doing things because i was the one who was like organizing everything and i was doing things hoping that like just to please the family and how it would look with the family and i wasn't doing it like the way I wanted to, and we didn't have that conversation, so I was just doing it for the family, where I feel like, if I just had that conversation with my pops, like, he might have been like, look, just cremate me, um, instead of, you know, having a burial site that I'm never gonna rarely visit, right, like, so, I mean, just, like, if we would have had that conversation, it would have made that decision a lot easier on me, while I'm going through the burden of losing my father, um, so I think those conversations are right now for like everybody. Like we should be having those. That is a part of financial, I'm so financial responsibility. Don't let nobody take no pictures of my dead bodies. Or <laughs> put my picture on a t-shirt. I'm like, I, I just don't want to be on a shirt. <laughs> don't put me on no t-shirt and don't put no angel wings on me either. I don't want to see the picture in the casket either. Like people be hanging them up in a house. Like, like I definitely want to be cremated. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I'm like, listen, man, I, I know where I'm going. Just if y'all ain't come gonna come visit me out at the fun- out at the cemetery, just you know, 
Put me in the iron or something. Yeah. Spread, me, spread me over over. I love fishing. Spread me over Lake Michigan. <laughs> and also, I don't want nobody to see his eyes on a sparrow. I need y'all to play Thug Mansion. All right, now. Come on. Come on. Yeah, you, got, you might have to put that all together so we can remember all of that. Yeah, you know. So heaven for a G. <laughs> uh, but no, for me, with the whole generational wealth, the way I'm like thinking about it and creating it, like I have this crazy goal in my head that I want to I want to retire in 10 years. Um, and so that's like at the forefront of my mind is like, how do I get to that point? How do I retire in 10 years? And it goes back to like, how do I make my money, make enough money so that all of my basic necessities are taken care of. And then I have the freedom to do what I want. Now, am I going to retire and not like not do anything? No, but I want to retire from like my traditional nine to five. Right. So that I have more time to do the things that I want to do or the ventures that I want to take on um, that can make more money. So for me, any means to get to that point is my generational wealth. Cause like, I think if I set that blueprint, then that blueprint is followed by my daughter and my other kid, whenever that kid comes about. And then that can, you know, that, that has a trickle down effect. Yeah. That's funny. Cause that's actually one of mine too, that in 10 years, like, I want to establish my kids to be financially stable in 10 years so that I don't have to take care of them, too. Because also in 10 years, my kids will be legit adults mm-hmm. out the house. And I, I tell my son this now, and actually he graduates in eight years. And in eight years, as soon as you walk off that stage, <laughs> I'm going to have two suitcases. <laughs> Here you go, son. <laughs> okay. Listen, I'm moving. I'll I'll keep you a bedroom just in case y'all want to come around that. But I'm not le I'm no longer legally obligated to live within 120 miles of your mother. <laughs> That's wild. Funny you man. So listen. Countdown, brother. Hey yo, listen. I mean, it is so much, um, so much out here, so much information out here about money different ideas and ways of making money, different things you can do. Um, Somebody talked about like understanding taxes and stuff like that. That's an important piece of this as well. Mm -hmm. Um, So it's all on really how you choose to position yourself and what, what, what are you filling yourself with? So um, I encourage, you know, everybody to, pick up a rich dad, poor dad book, or if that's not your speed, you know, there, there's lots of other different resources that are out here. Uh, like I mentioned, Earn Your Leisure podcast, Bigger Pockets, Blacker Pockets, Black Real Estate uh, Dialogue. There's lots of different resources out here that, um, you know, that you can listen to, pick up and read or whatever. And then don't be afraid, don't be afraid to, um, there's lots of free resources and then there's things that you, you know, that, that are good investments in education as well. Uh, so don't take those or overlook those as well, or see it as like just uh, <laughs> you spending money and then not having a return because it can absolutely have a return on the money that you spent. That's exponential um, mm-hmm. to changing, changing something about, you know, your habits or thoughts or life. Um, so that's my two cents. Uh, it's been a great discussion, fellas. Appreciate it. We out. Deuces. <laughs>